the Commander's Declassified Podcast. If you have made it this far, subscribe. Spit knowledge tonight. Giving out a good Twitter handle. The Commander's Declassified Podcast. We've got a we've got a big show. Just want to see a good game played by our guys. You know, the win and uh, Commanders will win two hundred and sixty-four to nothing. The Commanders Declassified Podcast. Welcome back to the Commanders Declassified Podcast, the official podcast home of your 8-8-1 Washington Commanders. And man, how much does that Giants game tie sting right about now? Because we'd be battling for a playoff spot today had that game not ended in a tie. So It was a – and this was a win, but this was also a beatdown of Dallas. Uh, Dallas had their starters out there for the entire game. They pulled them maybe like four minutes left in the fourth quarter and uh, we beat them down and we were missing uh, a bunch of guys on offense and on defense. And the group overall played really, really well. It was very, um, it was very impressive um, or, you know, encouraging to see that effort because uh, we, we may not have gotten that uh, maybe the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I thought, um, Dallas looked very disinterested in this game. At least its starters did early on. I don't know if they were just that bad or playing away from home in cold weather in December or some or January, excuse me, or something. But they were awful. And if they play like that in the playoffs, then it's going to be a real short postseason yeah. for them. Um, I think they. I think. Um, I think Dallas thought we were going to roll over. I think you know in years past. I mean, last year they had that fifty-six point game. Was it Sunday night where it's where you know Payne and Allen got into a fight? I think they thought that was going to happen. Right, that we would just yeah. fold up and lay down. And I think they were surprised that we stood up to them and uh, they weren't ready for it. They weren't ready for the fight. And um, it showed today because they, they're the ones who folded today and uh, was, uh, and uh, called it quits. So that was, uh, that was good to see. Yeah. I think they were also scoreboard watching and recognized the Eagles were up 10 to nothing in the first quarter and said, I'm not getting hurt today. (laughs) (laughs) You know, not for this, but kudos, kudos to the boys. I mean, they came out there today and they did what they had to do. They took care of business. Um, there was more energy. I would look, I'm gonna say this, man. Last week, this team looked flat and disinterested when yes. Carson Wentz got rolled back out there. I'm not saying that's his fault, but that's the truth. This team looked really disinterested last week. Yeah. This week, it felt like there was some new energy. I don't know if it was just the last game of the season and folks were excited that they can go heal their bodies now or what, but it looked like there was a little bit more juice um, in the players. It didn't really produce more offensively in terms of no. points because that's no. not what Scott Turner's offense allowed you to do. Nope. Brian, they gave up the uh, the true blue how many points this week? We gave up uh, uh, you know, our offense uh, minus the uh, the defensive touchdown, which was awesome by Kendall Fuller, 19 points, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, that's a Scott Turner magic right there, 19 points. The, look, the Kendall Fuller touchdown was crazy because Dak Prescott just threw him a it was the same route. Yeah. <laughs> it was the same route. He threw it two times in a row, and yeah. uh, he had almost had it picked twice in a row, but he got it on the second time, and that was great to see. That was Dak, excellent. Dak must have had a date later over at one of those, <laughs> uh, you know, fancy uh, fish restaurants up there in D.C. or something because he, he yeah. was like, I'm not doing this today. No, no he wanted to go to Georgetown and go to dinner out there and uh, get out of the stadium as quick as he could. So that's I think he was just trying to end that game. Um, And not to bury the lead, Sam Howell made his first official start today. Um, He did? You know, and I will say this, last uh, on the preview episode or when we were talking about, you know, Sam Howell starting, 
I thought that he would be under so much pressure that he could not function today um, and give how credit where credit is due. He did not completely like just blow up like I thought he might based on the Dallas pressure. Um, Dallas's defense did not show up, but how did take advantage of what was there? I mean, you can only play the defense in yeah. front of you, right? Like you, yeah. you can't say, hey, Dallas, you're not playing like your normal self, so I'm going to walk off the field and wait until you do, right? Exactly. You got to play exactly. the team in front of you. What was your overall evaluation of Sam Howell today? Um, I, I thought he put forth a, uh, a good performance in terms of being able to execute uh, the things that the team was asking him. Uh, did he throw for 300 yards? No. And, and, and look, I, I'm, I think I've been pretty clear. I, I like Sam Howell. I think he has talent. And I think there may be something there. Will it amount to nothing? I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Um, and it's very possible it may not. But I, I, you know, having watched him, um, you know, for several years at UNC, I saw the same things today. I saw the arm talent. I saw the confidence, the ability to make plays, the ability to run, pick up first downs, um, uh, the uh, the quick throw, right? Being able to hit that back foot and then get the ball out quickly. Uh, I saw those things today. Uh, were there mistakes? Absolutely. The the throw in the end zone. I don't I don't know what that was, but that's on Sam. Like that 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 looked ugly, and that was. Uh, um, something he's got to get better at if he if he actually wants to get more playing time, then he's got to get better at that. But I thought he did well, right? This is this uh, Dallas rush uh, got to him, right? Uh, our offensive line isn't very good, and there was a lot of pressure in that first half. Um, the guys got a little bit better in the second half, picking up some of that pressure, but there was uh, pretty strong pressure, and he did not wilt. And that's that's really what you wanted to see, right? How is he going to uh, to to fare uh, against a top NFL defense? Is he going to fold, or is he going to be able to function? and get throws off and he was um did he miss some things a absolutely i mean he's a rookie and this was his literal first game experience outside of the preseason for a handful of snaps so i thought uh, i thought it was solid uh wasn't great not at all what not even close to great uh was it awful nope uh but it was a solid performance but uh you know i expect uh you know that won't be enough for rivera he's going to bring in some competition in the off season so we'll see how uh, all that'll play out here in the next couple of months but solid effort overall yeah, you know what it kind of reminded me of is Brock Purdy. It was really like with exactly. the mobility, yes. yep. the rushing attempts, uh, yep. everything like that. It was very Brock, Brock Purdy-ish to me. Yep. Um, I think what I will say is like if you read Sam Howell's scouting reports coming into the league, this game was an exact copy of that scouting report pre-draft for me from what I read. Um, good arm. I mean, the arm is there. Like you cannot deny the arm, um, you know, I saw a lot of one read things, but I think that's our offense. I think Scott Turner only sends out one wide receiver sometimes, like on that interception in the end zone. Yeah. It's like there's one guy in the end zone. Okay. Yeah, it's it's either you take the 14 yard sack or you throw it up, right. and right. Uh, right. that's the, that's this 19 point offense. So yeah, and you know, and the mobility was good. I like that a lot. Um, one thing I thought that he did better than than uh, Wentz and Heineke this year was that when he when he threw the football. He didn't put his receivers in position to have to make incredibly difficult catches. Exactly. A lot. It happened a couple of times, but not a lot. Like he, when he when he the ball got there, the ball was where it should have been yes. when it got there. Even though they weren't throwing overly complicated routes, um, you know, he the slants were there where they could get yards after catch. That's yeah. a positive. It's small, but it's a positive in an offense where you're squeezing you're squeezing water from a stone essentially yep. um, to get points. So kudos to him on that. Um, I liked the deep ball and his mobility. One of the things I thought that might not translate as well as his mobility, it yep. translated pretty well today. Um, yeah. I think 
the thing I didn't like about the mobility was he was taking a lot of hits for me. Like he's he's yeah. getting hit a lot. And that was that's my concern with his mobility. It was never so much the uh, can he gain yards. Oh, I I figured he could gain yards, but he doesn't like to slide too much. And we've seen guys who don't like to slide, and it doesn't end well for them. And especially too when you're a smaller body player. Uh, like Howell is, that's not going to go well. So you're you're exactly right. He needs to, if he runs, fine, get down or get out of bounds because the guys are three times the size of you. Uh, Sam Howell is a smaller frame guy. I think he might be smaller uh, than Heineke, um, it looks like. But, um, yeah, that that's not good because that will catch up to him. It's just going to take one shot and then and then what? And then you're out of the league. Right. Yeah, he's, he's thicker than Heineke is for sure. But I think like height-wise, I think they're – relatively close having seen them in person i think the numbers well, on paper might be different but yeah yep. yeah he's, he's certainly thicker than heineke but you can't take those hits not like that and i thought uh you know but otherwise i thought he acquitted himself relatively well all things considered he spread the ball around you know uh mclaurin had three catches 74 yards dotson three catches 72 yards you can make an argument that dotson should have caught that deep ball down the down the line um well, there was one at the uh, yeah, McLaurin had that one at the beginning in the first quarter where he dropped it and it was like right in stride. I was joking with somebody on Twitter is that uh, McLaurin hadn't caught a ball in stride, so he was so shocked by uh, getting that <laughs> one in stride that he dropped it. But uh, yeah, there was one that was perfect to McLaurin that would have uh, completed a third down, but uh, he he dropped that one, which was uh, uncharacteristic for him. Yeah, would have loved to have seen some Diami targets hook up with this college teammate a little bit. Didn't see any of that. Dami made a great play on special teams. He did, uh, yep. Today. Um, so, so this is really what matters coming out of this game. And I think the question that is the only important question is, did you see enough today to warrant us not pursuing other options this offseason? And I think the answer is no, but the answer is no because the offensive coordinator did not give him the chance to make that a yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, the, the offensive coordinator completely, in my opinion, botched what this game should have been about. I like the W, but this game should have been about stretching Sam Howell's boundaries to see what he can and cannot take, and it was still a safe game plan. Like every other game plan for every other quarterback in this offense that doesn't succeed. So we really missed out an opportunity there for the sake of um, – I don't know what they wanted today. I mean, I, I know you want to win, but it's like yeah. you really had to figure out something about this quarterback – so you can make plans for us all season. I felt like they just didn't do that today. Yeah. And we don't know how much of that is, right? They they didn't want to get Sam Howell hurt behind this offensive line, or if it had anything to do with the Washington Post story about Scott Turner and his future with players being frustrated in the offense. Did that play into Scott Turner's decision-making? Hey, I got to protect this guy. I've got to do something different. Um, so a lot of different things that all kind of uh, came together here right at this very last game um, that played into the you know this offensive game plan. So very interesting to 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 find out what we uh, what we hear over the next couple of days. For sure, absolutely. Logan Thomas, whose wife uh, was yep. out here saying stuff. Yeah, two catches, sixteen yards. Scott Turner was like, "Well, you gonna say something? You won't be getting the football, brother." <laughs> <laughs> he must have been listening, right? He must have right. been listening. Hey, uh, shout out to Christian Holmes. I mean, man, on that fumble recovery, on that punt, that was that was massive. That was big because uh, since uh, his second start, we haven't seen him uh, very much. Uh, and uh, it was good to see him uh, make a play on special teams and let it uh, be known that he is uh, still there, still competing. Hopefully uh, uh, next year he can uh, get an opportunity to get back in that um, defensive backfield rotation. Uh, but uh, good good special teams, and we needed all of uh, the help we could get today. So that was good. 
Yeah, we didn't end up scoring on that fumble uh, that he recovered, I don't think. I think that was a drive that Sly missed that field goal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, What's going on with Sly? He missed everything, um, extra points, field goals. Like, it was was bad today. What's happening with him? I don't know, man. It it just – it hasn't clicked this year, I think, you know, for Sly. Like, he's missed extra points, like, all over the – it's a weird situation for this guy this year you know i I like sly a lot but there you got to have it in an offense that cannot produce points you got to have it he was 88 percent on field goals 88 percent on extra points so i mean it's not horrible but a little too many misses for me there yeah no a lot of room for improvement there yeah yeah um what did you think about our defense today and how they played um, I thought the defense, especially the run defense, was better than I anticipated it being. Um, I think Ridgeway um, played really good before he got injured and had to come out. Um, he had a lot of tackles um, in the run game on Pollard and um, Zeke. So that was good to see that the run game held up a little bit better. It wasn't great, but um, it was certainly better than what I thought it was uh, or was going to be. Um, uh, I thought that the coverage, our cornerbacks played up a little bit more, uh, than they had been previously. Usually we give guys a huge cushion to where they can just catch and turn around and eat up yards on us. Um, our guys played a little bit closer and we contested a lot of footballs. Dak didn't complete very many passes today because our guys, our cornerbacks were right there. Every time the receiver was about to catch it, our guy was right there to knock that pass up or to challenge that catch. And it usually ended up in a uh, incompletion and we didn't get, um, it was good coverage, right? We didn't get many pass interference or anything like that. Usually we're, we're uh, penalized pretty good. Not today. We didn't, I don't even know if we had that many penalties today, if, uh, if maybe one or two. So that was good to see. Um, man, I think we've probably talked about Kalik Hudson so many times and for him to, you know, not show up uh, these last couple of seasons. He showed up today. He made some tackles. Um, he got a lot of run. I don't know if that uh, is something that uh, sparks him in his development, but uh, that was good to see him out there uh, on the field. So it was a it was a much better performance than I was expecting from the defense. Um, Del Rio certainly got those guys ready and, uh, you know, made some uh, made some adjustments. Yeah, one of the players I watched really closely for the first time is Chase Young since uh, he's been back. Yeah. We have a couple of games to kind of see, like, you know, he's got to get back in the swing of things. Um, I think it's going to take more time. I, I will say that because I, when I – he's around the football um, like he was before he got hurt. I didn't see a ton of pass rush moves like I I wanted to, but I also – you got to, I got to understand that this guy's coming off a major injury. You know what I'm saying? So he probably needs another off season to really tighten that up and really become the impact player that I think we're hoping for. Um, but I, I did watch him a lot today and I, it's a lot of, uh, you know, speed rushes, a lot of bull rush, things like that, that got stifled at the line. Now he had good hustle to continue on to the quarterback when Dak ran out of the pocket. But um, I think next year I'll really be watching him very, very closely to see if that, that move set comes to, fruition you know when you're starting to see a dynamic pass rusher uh there 
So yeah, this uh this offseason is is should be where he starts working on that toolbox of his and getting those pass rush moves right because this past year he'd just been doing nothing but rehab. So uh, I think that's a great point. You, he really needs to to work on uh, his pass rushing moves, developing counters, um, two three moves that he can all run together on different tackles uh, because uh, you know speed rush bull rush not going to get it done every time. Certainly it'll be effective because he's just so you know athletically gifted but uh you're right more is going to be needed from him if he wants to be that top guy yeah um <laughs> something we're gonna have to talk about this offseason <laughs> is curtis samuel I, it, there's it's i i don't know how to describe it i feel like when wentz plays he's more effective than when he is when yeah. the other quarterbacks play but I think Scott Turner wants him to be something in this offense that just is not materializing in the way that they wanted to. And yep. so, you know, you got some big questions because I think there's an out in his contract this year, right, before the final year of his deal. Um, I just – I don't know, man. Like, I like Curtis a lot. I was a, yeah. very excited about bringing him in because of the type of player that he is. But it just for some reason, it's just not coming together. And I think a lot of that might be Turner too. You know, first and foremost, but no, you're you're exactly right. And if you remember, when we were ranking our top commanders, and I don't, I don't think I had Curtis very higher, or maybe I didn't have him ranked at all. It, you know, and why that was is because you know I've only ever seen Curtis as a slot wide receiver, and those guys, you know, while productive, they're not impactful. Um, they're not guys you base an offense around. And if you've ever heard Scott Turner. You know, when he talks about Curtis Samuel, he talks about Curtis Samuel as if he's the basis of the offense. Hey, with Curtis, we can do this. We can expand this. He, he, Curtis allows us to do these things. And that's wild to me because you base your offense around your, your quarterback, your star running back, your star wide receiver, not a gadget player, not a slot wide receiver. I just I, I've never seen that done like that before. And, you know, we, we've seen, you know, the emphasis Scott Turner puts on him. And uh, he called that toss reverse right after the big Jahan uh, pass completion over the middle. And it, it went for like a five-yard loss. So it, uh, you're right. Uh, that's going to be an interesting thing to see if they bring him back for that third year. Yeah. I want to get into something you just brought up, our 30 commanders. I want to see if you feel like we were accurate or if they fell or really hurt where we had them at. But anything yeah. else you want to touch on that Cowboys game before we transition over to this? Um, yeah. Uh, the Cowboys are frauds like we always thought they were. I mean, they, they are frauds. I mean, they, uh, you know, they've got this 12 win record two years in a row, 12 wins, star quarterback, uh, Micah Parsons. And, um, you know, they, they couldn't put us away. Uh, they showed up expecting a, um, you know, for us to roll over and they got slapped around. So, um, to me, that's just, uh, you know, it's it's always good to see the Cowboys lose. Um, even even though, you know, there was draft position on the line, doesn't matter. Cowboys lost. I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah. And I want to, before we go to this other thing, I want to summarize what I thought about how today I think he showed me at worst he can be what Heineke was for us. Yeah. That's his floor. Yeah. And yeah. I think where how high he can go from here in terms of his ceiling we don't really have any clue about. And, the, no. and that's that's really unfortunate that we didn't yep. get to see, um, you know, him challenge himself today. Yep. But it's good to know that, like, if Heineke leaves in free agency, you at least have that level of play potentially in your backup quarterback, um, and you can build from there. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. Our, I'm going to go through our 30, uh, our top 30 commanders that we did before the season. Um, 
And let's see if we were like way off based on what just happened this season. <laughs> yeah. We had Cam Sims at number 30. Um, I'm going to tell you what, uh, you had him at 24, Brian. Yes, and, that was probably all me. Yeah. Yeah. I had him at 29. Uh, no way. <laughs> I think, you know, <laughs> even his special teams play seemed to kind of yeah. take a step back this year. Yeah. Um, not in the top 30. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, no. Um, he had some more rele uh, relevance the last two years. Uh, this year, he was basically invisible. Um, outside of that one catch he had last week, I, I don't really remember him doing a whole lot. So yeah, no, he uh, that was probably a little high, and that was probably all on me having him ranked as high. Yeah. Uh, Jamin Davis was twenty nine. You didn't have him ranked at all. Eric had him at twenty four, and I had him at twenty two. I'm going to say Jamin Davis is a top fifteen player for us now. Um, not after this season. I, I, I think he improved in the run game. If you're a linebacker, you have two parts to your job, coverage and run game. Uh, unless you're a pass rushing linebacker, like a Micah Parsons, where that's all they ask you to do. Um, he's better in the run game, but he's not great. He's not a pro bowler or anything like that. He's a first round pick and a, a, he hasn't played like a first round pick yet. So he would be at the bottom. I, I if, um, if Cam Sims was 29, put Jamin Davis at 29. Um, let's see here. I'm actually trying to find the full list. Ooh, we, um, I don't have it actually. We had Joey Sly next, though. Um, Joey's got to be off the list. Yeah, he should not be on this list. You had him at 20, Eric had him at 26. Oh, wow. And I had him, no, Eric had him at 29. I had him at 26. Wow, um, I I must have been uh, I must have been sick or something. I must have had COVID. Why <laughs> I had him so high? <laughs> Twenty. Wow, I must have been feeling uh, feeling good that day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually don't think I have the rest of the list. I have the top fifteen. We're gonna oh, jump okay. to that. So we'll skip the top fifteen because I think we did our other list video only uh, yeah. somehow. So. Oh wait, where did you have Bobby McCain? Because I know I didn't have him ranked or something. Or maybe you had, number, you had him number one, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number one dead last. There we go. Yeah, Bobby McCain. I can we move on from him this year, please? This offseason. I mean, two, we gave we gave him two two years, eleven million dollars. So I think, yeah, I think you're right. It's time to move on from Bobby McCain. Yeah. All right, fifteen to one. I bet we probably did this one on video too. I'm not gonna have it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't have our list. So um, at least with an early look at that, we understand something. And that's just that we have a lot of issues in terms of depth and we have some issues at our top end players. Um, we got, we got something well, let me, solved. Let, uh, why was let me ask top player. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask you this, like, I think Brian's having some issues with players. his uh, network. Yeah, Brian's having some issues with his network. Once he gets set, I'll bring him back in. Um, maybe that's uh, something that we can touch on again when he comes back. But um, our our top 30 list was really based on our opinion of players that we have seen and then some mix of potential as well. Um, so when you do that, obviously you're going to have some reaches in there. Uh, and we certainly did, too, with our special teams. But we thought our special teams might be more impactful in some ways. Um, Joey Sly ended up with 90-plus points for us this year. Um, not, I think, the year that I think he would have wanted to have. Um, but, you know, what horrible. And, Brian, what were you saying now? 
Yeah, sorry about the uh, the technical difficulties there. What I was uh, I w- what I was going to ask you when you were mentioning the top fifteen uh, players uh, that we uh, we had ranked in the off season. If you think about um, Pro Bowlers, because we had a couple Pro Bowlers this year: Terry, uh, J- uh, excuse me, Terry, John Allen, um, Tressway, Jeremy Reeves, uh, Payne, and Sweat were alternates. Those are all guys drafted or signed from previous regimes. Yeah. Um, this we're in year three of Rivera, and not one of his guys, you know, uh, signed or drafted, made a Pro Bowl. Like, what is what does that tell you, or does it or does it say anything, if anything? You know, it's a really really complicated thing because the big fish from all of Rivera's time is Chase Young. Yeah, and he hasn't materialized yet due to injury and other factors. So. Yeah. Um, without that working out, it's almost hard or nearly impossible for Rivera's tenure to really be, in terms of uh, front office management, to really be a success, right? That that yeah. was the building block. And then you have the Carson Wentz trade on top of that, and personnel decision-wise, you that, that was your solution at quarterback. So now your two biggest keys didn't work out or haven't worked out yet. I'm not saying Chase Young is not going to work out. Right. I'm not that guy, guys. I'm not that yeah. guy, right? Right, um, absolutely. But – that that's really tough. And then remember the first year, all the guys we signed. Let me let me pull up that roster from that first year. But it was like Kevin Pierre Lewis. Remember KPL. that? He, um, he was our third linebacker. Yeah, yeah, and he was fast. But like I just remember him getting smoked in coverage a lot. Um, yep. You know, just the the it's the right time to talk about it. Let me look at was it 2020? Right, 2020. Yeah. Remember we uh, had Ronald Darby was our other cornerback. He was good though. That, that was yeah. A, I mean, was that was he signed under Rivera? Or was he signed under? No, he was he was signed under Rivera. They signed him for the year, and then he went to the Broncos, and then uh, that's when we brought in William Jackson the third, which I almost had forgotten about. But that you know that was a disaster right there as well, another disaster. Yeah, William. Ja- yes, that William was real. That was one of the really first big moves. Fitzpatrick, yep. get him out of here, yeah, right? That was terrible. Oh man, listen to this list of our free agents in twenty twenty. Richard Rogers. What? <laughs> I, I don't even know who that is. Backup tight end, maybe? Yeah. Peyton Barber? Uh, I mean. <laughs> Peyton Barber, yep. Cornelius Lucas is still here. Um, solid solid swing tackle. Nate Orchard. That guy had a couple good games for us, but, yeah. you know, he was sort of on the downslide anyway. So I mean, he's like a two-hill at best. Yeah. Kendall Fuller. Um, hey, he's worked out. Had a pick six today. Yeah, uh, solid. Yeah. Brandon Sheriff was franchise tagged and he could argue if we should have just signed him then, you know, for a little yeah. bit less and, you know, but we didn't. Uh, John Bostic. <laughs> oh, awful. It, 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 as bad as he was, he signed him again this year and he got meaningful snaps these last handful of games. Once yep. Cole Holcomb went down, that just, that just can't happen. Yep. Wes yeah. Schweitzer. That was good. He's been solid for us. He's been okay. He's been okay. Uh, Thomas Davis, that that just did not work. Oh, he was yeah. way beyond his prime. Yeah, he couldn't uh, win. We talked about Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Yep. Sean Davis. Oh, man. That I don't even know that name. Bird. Yeah. I thought he was going to be great. That kid was awful when he got here. Um, J.D. McKissick, that was a good pickup for the first two years. He was. He was. Yeah. Unfortunate injury just basically kind of zapped everything from him. But uh, he, he was very productive. Yeah, Logan Thomas had a good one year the first yeah. year. He might have been decent the second year, and this yeah. year just because of injuries, yeah, nothing. Caleb Brantley, the defensive tackle, he was a nothing. Uh, Cody yeah. Latimer, the wide receiver, nothing. 
and then Ronald Darby. So you hit on less than 50% of your free agents the first year. And um, and then that didn't even include the William Jackson trade, right? So yeah. it just, you know, and, and the Fitzpatrick signing, which was the second year, right? So yep. uh, let, me look, let, let me look that up. 2021 uh, free agents. And, you know, with with Rivera, too, especially, you know, talking about, hey, we got to make a jump. We got to make a jump. Well, when you sign free agents, those are the guys that, um, you know, if they perform well, they help you get over that hump. And that's something that uh, we saw the Bengals. They signed a bunch of free agents uh, last year. Right. And they end up going to the Super Bowl. They all overperformed last year and uh, it helped them. But uh, we got the opposite. Right. We had a bunch of free agents who did not perform and it and it showed. Yeah, same thing with the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. They, oh, yeah. they had the most expensive free agency class in history. Excellent in point. The playoffs. Yeah. Excellent point. Um, one correction. William Jackson III was actually 2021, not 2020. Okay. Um, but look, Curtis Samuel, has he mm -hmm. worked? I, I would say no. I mean, you're talking about this is the only productive or this is the only year where he actually did something. So, so far, no. Yeah. Uh, William Jackson, boo, no, we talked oh, about that. That was terrible. Patrick yeah. was a complete bust of a signing. And yeah. what's worse is he went into the, the offseason as your starter that yep. offseason. Fitzpatrick yeah. was your starter. Like, this is the guy you picked. And, yeah. and oh, man. just I mean, awful. I – I, I think you're right. Like what worse of an idea would it be to go into the season being okay with Fitzpatrick as your number one, if uh, he's your backup. Cool. Sure. But unquestioned starter. That was a, that was a disastrous choice. And they signed that dude like two days in a free agency. So it wasn't yeah. like this was just a last minute thing. Fully guaranteed um, $10 million. Oh, remember this guy, Adam Humphreys. Oh, Oh, that was that was Fitzpatrick's security blanket. That was supposed okay. to be his guy because they played in Tampa together. Ended up being a wet napkin, but yes. Yep. Um, Tyler Larson, center. Larson's backup a good player, but he's, he's a, a backup player who gets hurt every year. Yeah. He's been hurt every year. Right. David Mayo. Oh, give no. me the mustard. Okay? Yeah, exactly. Um, Danny Johnson was re-signed. He had some decent moments in, in the role that he's expected to play. I, you know, I can't. He's a role player, that. solid role player. Oh, dude, I didn't even know this even happened. Lamar Miller. Oh yeah, he was on the practice squad for a couple of weeks. Never made the active roster though. I thought he got some carries in the game. I could, I could. Oh, remember. maybe, but uh, yeah, we had signed him to the practice squad initially, but I don't know why. Maybe you know uh, Gibson or somebody was hurt or something. I don't know. Oh, here's here, David Sharp, offensive tackle. Oh. <laughs> nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing out of him. Jared Norris, the linebacker, resigned. I think he was a special yep. teams guy. Bottom of the barrel guys. Yeah, Daryl Roberts, cornerback. Yeah, nothing. Okay. DeAndre Carter. Woo. That that was a mistake um, at the you time. Know? Well, if you look at the production that he's gotten with um, with the San Diego Chargers. Oh, Los San Diego, Angeles. Los Angeles Chargers. Sorry, uh, he's uh, he's been a good kick returner, and uh, he's uh, he's made for a third or fourth good uh, wide receiver for them. But he also has a much better quarterback thrown to him. But uh, I mean, I'd much rather have him than uh, Milne. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought you mean it was a mistake letting him go, or a mistake yeah, yeah, letting him. No, letting him oh, go. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Just clarifying that for the listeners, because I think they thought you meant. And I did too. A mistake signing him. Oh yeah, no, we should have signed him back. He was a he was a solid player for us, solid return guy, yeah. contributor. No, we should have got him back. By the way, subscribe if you're listening or watching. All right, look, and this is this year. So you asked me about Ron Rivera's uh, moves. Yeah, this year, 
free agency. Um, let's go. Andrew Norwell. Awful. That was awful. And I was, I'll be the first to admit it. I thought, man, he, he knows Matsko. He knows Ron. He's got one year left. It's only one year. He can, he should, he should hold up disaster, disaster. That was wrong. He's a crook. Yeah. He money from us. Yes, he did. JD McKissick ended up being a bust of a signing this year, but because he of did. injury, unfortunately to say that, but that's the truth. Yeah. I think if he was healthy, there's no doubt in my mind, he would have been productive, but uh, yeah, that injury, that neck injury just, uh, just kind of took it out of him. Yeah. We uh, re-signed Bobby McCain this year. I've, I'm not a fan of Bobby McCain. I think my first words on this podcast were Bobby <laughs> McCain is not a free uh, free safety. And they finally figured it out in year three that he's not a free safety. But, yeah, we can move on from him. He's a slot corner. Yeah. We signed Cornelius Lucas. Uh, two years, $8.2 million. So he, he was brought back, actually. So Yeah. Um, F.A. Obata. He's played solid. He's been a, a, a good, solid role player. Um, but I mean, it's just a backup. He had some really stupid plays a couple of weeks ago. Though, he did. He, 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 he gave up on two sacks essentially. Um, yeah. and that ended up being first downs afterwards. So, and he got a penalty, I think on something like that. So, um, Danny Johnson, again, he's just the, the, yeah. the person that never goes away. Cam Sim signing. Yeah. Okay, was, whatever. Special. Moved on. Yeah. Troy Apke, man, re-signing Troy Apke. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, you, you, I think, I think there needs to be a deeper dive on Troy Apke. Like, I don't know how he's keeping jobs because he can't play special teams, he can't play safety, he can't play corner, but he got job. He got a job. I just does. don't know how. And then Tyler Larson again. We brought him back on a one-year deal. So Injured. this this past offseason was a complete wash. Well, um, don't forget, we brought back Mayo, or uh, not Mayo, Bostic. We signed him back later in the season. Ago. Yeah, that 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 list was from before the season started, but yeah. So it, that this offseason told me that Rivera just expected what he had done previously to really make the leap for him. Yep. Um, it didn't happen. I mean, we essentially ended up in the same place we always ended up. And the thing that I think is really frustrating, Brian, is the fact that Alex Smith has been our best quarterback, <laughs> you know, and, and all this time, the three years that Rivera has been here, um, one-legged Alex Smith has played the best at quarterback in this system. Um, so, and, and knowing what we know now about Scott Turner's offense, right? That there is no quick game. There's no audibles. Just imagine what Alex had to do. Like he was doing all of that in his head, like making the adjustments because he knew uh, Scott wasn't going to change the offense. He basically had to say, okay, I'm just going to have to get this ball to JD McKissick on this one. Uh, I'm just going to have to uh, instead call a run play because this, this pass play is not going to work. Like he had to do that on his own um, to, to win some of those games at the end of the 2020 season, in spite of um, what Scott Turner was wanting to do on offense and do it on one leg. So you're exactly, right he he has been the best quarterback unfortunately and that's that's sad because uh he was uh you know on one leg and at the end of his career so um something's got to change there whether it is um scott turner going or whether it is an upgrade at the quarterback position but something's got to change with that one thing i will never forgive scott turner for is completely wasting antonio gibson's talents as a receiving running back uh throughout his tenure and it just it's like during that Alex Smith run, Gibson was the main focal point of the offense because he was so dynamic in the screen game. He was dynamic out of the backfield. And it just felt like after that, it was like, I'm going to prove I can do it without you. 
said Scott Turner. Yep. And uh, this, it just, you know. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, you're exactly right. And he did the same thing with Brian Robinson, right? Like, I, I, I feel like this year, right, you know, the Brian Robinson story, right? Um, it was it was national news in the media um, about him getting shot and then him coming back. And then he started to gain yards. And then it was, oh, well, the offense picked up because Brian Robinson started to run. And I think, I, I just like you said, I feel like Scott Turner said, no, 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 no. This is my offense, the Scott Turner offense. And then all of a sudden we saw Brian Robinson, 12 carries, sideline. Oh, fourth and one, we'll give it to Curtis Samuel. <laughs> like, it right. was almost like he was sidelining him, um, which you know we should probably go into in the uh, in the off season. But uh, I, I think you're, I think that's a great point that uh, you know he kind of sidelined Gibson after that first year, and then uh, he kind of did it again to another running back. Yeah, is it? I completely agree. And yes, we are absolutely going into that this off season. Brian, is there one game you look back at and say? Um, you know, the commanders really dropped the ball in this game. They could have been in such better position um, throughout the, the season this year. I mean, first off, there's so many. Think about we lost to the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans went seven and three or seven and three to start the year. Then they lost seven straight games right yeah. after that. Yeah. So that's a big one. But I think the 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 real one that burns me up is the Giants game, is that first tie. Um, you know, it, it sh we should have been able to beat the Giants. They have a rookie head coach, rookie coaching staff. They had a quarterback that the coach did not want to uh, to put out there and have throw the football. Um, and we couldn't do anything but other than fight to come back and tie it. Um, that was such a missed opportunity because once we tied them, it, the downhill uh, fall of our season really kind of started and um, we never recovered. And uh, what's worse is Rivera never recognized it. He he just thought, oh, I just changed the quarterback and it'll fix everything. You know, fix the defense. It'll fix the play calling. It'll fix the coaching. And it didn't. And uh, things progressed how they progressed and we uh, were eliminated from playoffs. So that Giants game, the first one, I think uh, that, that was the, the biggest mistake of all. Yeah, I think the the Titans game for me, because we lost that game, in my opinion, due to poor coaching. If we had a timeout at the at the goal line, we could have ran the football in. With yeah, Brian, I think that was Brian Robinson's first game back, was it not? Um, I think so. I think so. What was that week? Uh, no, was it? It was week five. I, I thought no. His first game five. back was the Bears the week before. No, no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So we had we had Brian Robinson available. In other words, right? Yeah. And uh, we no no Bears was week six Brian week five oh, okay. yeah I think that was his first game back okay and um, because of the mismanagement of the timeouts for a stupid challenge we yep. didn't get the opportunity to see what he could do um, you know that the game the other game I will say is um, that week uh, the the Detroit game we came out flat in the first oh. half of that game and then I remember Cole Holcomb having a chance to tackle Swift when we started coming back in the second half. And yep. just stood there flat-footed as Swift just ran around him. Remember, remember when Swift went down and nobody touched him, and then he got up and scored. Yeah, game? well, I mean that that happened a lot in those first uh, in that two and six start that we had. I mean, there were winnable games, you know, outside of really the the Philly game at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, I think there were all those games we could have uh, won, but uh, we didn't. And um, you know, it uh, again, this is a, another criticism of Ron Rivera. These teams start slow every year. Not even, not even just offensively. Defensively, we were bad to start the year. 
Um, and uh, every year we put ourselves behind the eight ball. We fall to two and six, zero oh and four, zero oh and five. Like we do these things over and over, and then we have to make such a uh, hard run that uh, it, you know we can't sustain it at the end of the year, and then we fall flat. So um, something you know, if Ron wants to have a better year in twenty twenty three, first thing is don't have a two and six start or a one and four or one and five start. Like we've got to have a much better start to the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, what stands out to me is that there are no 300-yard passing games except for Carson Wentz the first two games of the season. And then against Tennessee, he had 359. This passing attack was completely inept all year long. There's a yeah. bunch of 100-yard games from Heineke, um, some barely 200-yard games. Heineke's highest passing yard total was against the Colts in that ugly, awful game, the 17-16 yeah. game. I just – this passing game is not it, dude. Like we got to figure out something else to be able to move the football. It just isn't working. Um, yep. That the starting wins against the Browns, even though I was in favor of that personally, was a gigantic, gigantic mistake because the Browns yep. have no life still. I thought they were going to turn it around. And so we were going to have to score some points. The yep. Browns offensively have just been bad with Deshaun Watson this year. Yep. And that game looks like we could have got that one going away even with how under center, I mean, my yep. God, like just what a colossal mistake that was. Absolutely. Um, the, uh, the Niners game, the Niners are just better. Um, and right. But yeah, you're right. The, the Titans game and that Giants game that we tied really poor. The, the Vikings game when Heineke threw that interception late really screwed us there too. So yeah. um, any of those three games were in the playoffs, but you know, that's not the way life works. You don't get another shot at those things, but you know, there's just, opportunity this year our schedule was relatively favorable i felt like we should have done more um are you looking at this season as a huge disappointment mild disappointment or just a colossal failure when you look back at it um colossal failure um from you know the off season leading into the season was a failure i i wasn't you know i wasn't a fan of the uh the wentz sign or trade i thought that was uh foolish um i i didn't like some of the uh the lack of off season you know we still don't. I believe we do not have a middle linebacker. We need a middle linebacker. Uh, we didn't do it. We didn't have depth at cornerback, and uh, you know it showed this last portion of the season here when St. Juice went out. We didn't really have anyone. Danny Johnson did nicely, but um, we could have used some more, um, you know, uh, uh, depth there. And then the offensive line, um, thinking that you could replace Brandon Sheriff and Eric Flowers with Trey Turner. Um, and, uh, um, Andrew Norwell and not getting a quality center. Like, you know, Rulier and Larson are both injured and you don't bring in somebody who could legitimately play center for you. Um, you know, it, uh, <laughs> a lot of mistakes. So this is, this is year three. I expected more. Ron told us he expected more and, um, uh, eight wins, eight wins. Um, yeah, that just not good enough when you were seven and five and you, you had an ability to uh, to go three games up uh, uh, above 500 and you blew it. Yeah, I think for me, it's I consider it a colossal failure only because I think in the NFL, it's really better to be on one of the polar opposites and never in the middle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's better to be really good or it's better to be really bad. Yeah. When you win eight games you're essentially doing nothing for yourself. Right. That's and I it. think, you know, the Wentz thing is you trying to win a lot of games, right? Because he's a big arm quarterback. You make that move because he can get the ball down the field because you yep. walked away from last season thinking, 
if we can just stretch the field, we'll be a much better offense, right? Exactly. That proved out to not be the case. However, the moment that was not your reality, you should have shifted to Sam Howell and said, yeah. let's see what we got. And if we don't win, it's okay because we'll be at the top of the draft anyway, right? Yep. Instead of saying, I want to try to – you know what you know what Heineke is, right? And yeah. Heineke proved to be exactly what Heineke is. He's and a God good backup. Him. That's He's it. A good backup. But if That's you start it. him too much, you're going to start to taper off. Like you're yep. going to ha- It happened last year in the, almost yep. the exact same way. You get yep. that four-game stretch, and then you start to taper off. And, yep. and the coach has said, forget that. We're going for it. Just play the young guy. Play the young guy and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That That's what these teams that are now going to be at the top of the draft do. They don't say, okay, I'm going to stick right in the middle. Heineke was the middle option. And no offense to him because that's what he is. He's a backup. He's a good backup, but he's a backup. So we we chased that middle route, and now we're sort of in, in that middle of nowhere phase where, like, like we said, we're going to either have the 16th pick in the draft or the 17th pick in the draft, right? Yep. So we may be just outside of that QB range, just outside of that elite player range, and we're we're in trade back territory almost. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, it, you know, once Wentz didn't work, it was time to pull the plug and say, let's just see what we can do otherwise. So, And I think this is where you see the issue of having a coach-centric approach, right? When you have a coach who's the head coach and he's also the general manager in charge of personnel decisions, you've got somebody who's always trying to win the next game, right? Ron's always trying to win. Doesn't matter if you're eliminated from the playoffs. He's going to keep trying to win um, the next game, which is why we, you know, at the beginning of this week, we got the uh, the initial report that Heineke was going to start, not Howell. Uh, because, again, Ron in his head, oh, I'm going to try to win this game um, instead of trying to develop and evaluate uh, some younger players because we are eliminated. Um, and that's that's what you, you, you saw instead of, uh, you know, after that Bears game going to hell. You saw Ron trying to trying to win. You know, I I can win these games as opposed to a GM who would say, "Hey, look, um, you know, we're going to have to suck this one up this year, and uh, let's start evaluating the young guys. Put Hal in, and um, you know, let's see what we have. If uh, if it doesn't work, you know, we're we're now positioned in the draft to go get our future from there. And um, unfortunately, that uh, it bit him. And I think uh, I think Ron, I don't, I think going in, he probably thought, "Hey, I can be the general manager too." But uh, I think we're starting to see it's way too much for him, and he's just uh, he's just not qualified to be that uh, head personnel guy in charge. And to be fair, it'd be way too much for anybody. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's that that's not even a real criticism. It's just that's a lot. An NFL head coach has a lot to do. Now go put a general manager, you know, duties on there. Um, yeah, it's just too much. It's too much. Um, I want to, before we get out of here, I want to talk about some big things that I was wrong about and some things I felt like I was right about. Um, so the things I was wrong about, um, Wentz during the season, before the, when the trade happened, I hated that trade. Oh, to yeah. Be clear. Yep. I did not like that trade because of the salary and because we had done essentially nothing in free agency and that was yep. all the rest of the money that we had. But once he was here, I said, well, he's the best of what we got. We may as well play him. I think he's going to break all our records. That you know, our 30 touchdown yeah. pass record. He did not. Um, Brian Robinson Jr., I think I was mostly wrong about. Um, you know, I think he's a good running back. I don't know if I still I, I don't know if I'm ready to say that I think he's like RB1, like a you know, just your RB1, yeah. RB1. Absolutely. I think, he, I think he's a running back I want on the roster, though. Like exactly. I, there's some other things that you need to compliment him with, yeah. Um, in terms of explosiveness and just overall effectiveness. Yeah. Um, but I think he's definitely an NFL running back. He's not Trent Williams. Trent, I mean, Trent, um, 
<laughs> one thing about yeah from Alabama. Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson, the guy that runs. Yeah. He he was at first, but he improved on that because in the yes. beginning he was running to the back of linemen all the time. Then he got a little bit more dynamic. I think my Wayne Gallman comparison was relatively accurate. Um, the year that Wayne Gallman was effective, I want to see what he can do and how better he can, how much better he can get the offseason. I'm really curious about that. Yeah. Um, and, no, I uh, I agree yeah. with you on that. I think uh, I think once he got you know removed from uh, the the gunshot wounds and um, started to get better, I think uh, his eyes got better and some of his agility started to come back. So it'll be good to see him with an offseason and uh, you know no injuries, no rehab. I think that I think that was my major like misses in terms of just like overall thoughts. Uh, what I was right about Scott Turner's offense is a 19 point offense. I think we just finished <laughs> exactly there, um, and. I think we still don't have an answer at quarterback yet. I mean, you know, you see, you saw what Sam Howell did today. Yeah. You have a little bit of hope, but I think the issue is they waited so long to play him that you don't really have an evaluation of him. And so yeah. now you got to try something else in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I think um, I, I, my big uh, miss uh, or wrong was the offensive line. I thought we were going to be good. I, you know, we had been pretty good uh, the last two years, um, but we were we were dreadful this year. And I thought, hey, we can get by with a uh, one year of Andrew Norwell, one year of Andrew or uh, Trey Turner. We could get by with them. Who cares about Brandon Sheriff and uh, Eric Flowers? Well, uh, it was it was dead wrong. They were awful um they they got they improved to probably about average during that win streak but then you know they went back to falling apart i mean they just weren't good enough that we need three new starters legitimately center and two guards because uh chase Rullier after two season ending injuries i love chase and i think uh he was a really good center but uh, it's gonna be tough for him to come back after two season ending injuries and expect him to be a you know a top center again yeah and Jamin Davis. You're wrong about Jamin Davis, too. Uh, I don't you know yet. I don't you know. You said he was going to get cut. He wasn't going to do anything. You're wrong about Jamin Davis. Come on. <laughs> he he certainly made strides this year. We, we He needs to have a big year next year. Next year needs to be like oh, no. a uh, – of you know pro bowl type season like that because we need it because Cole Holcomb's not going to have a pro bowl type season. Um, oh, oh, wait a minute. Cole Holcomb's on an expiring contract. Are we signing him back? Let, let me get a little further in the offseason and think about that. <laughs> I think about that. Right. Oh, I know another one you were wrong about. Deron oh. Payne. You said Deron oh, yeah. Payne was a rotational defensive tackle. He's getting 20 milli this offseason from somebody. Uh, he had an excellent season, double digit sacks. Um, yeah, he's going to get a lot of money. I wouldn't pay him, but um, he's going to get a lot of money. He's been next to Jonathan Allen for his entire life. Um, and when you're next to Jonathan Allen, things are a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, wherever he's going to go, he's going to be the man on that defensive line. It, a lot is going to be expected of him. So um, I wish him all the best. But uh, if uh, I don't know if we can pay him and do some of the things that we want to do in terms of offensive line. Yeah, and one of the things I said was I think he's better than Jonathan Allen going into the season. When John Allen went out of the game, he was a little bit different player. Yeah. So yeah. I yeah, I take that back. I don't think he's better than John Allen necessarily, but I think together they're both equally as effective. That's what yeah. I mean. I, I think Deron Payne, Pro Bowl player, John Allen, all pro player, which is splitting hairs, right? They're they're they're, they're that means they're really good, but uh certainly he had an amazing year and it, it's gonna man, I forgot about Fidarian Mathis. Mm -hmm. Like he, he's gonna have some big shoes to fill if uh if um if he wants to uh, to even do what Payne did. Mathis pick. Don't get me started. <laughs> That's um, your 
Yeah, I know. Uh, the, the decision I disagreed with when they made it was drafting Jahan Dotson because of our other needs. Yeah. Um, he looks like a really good wide receiver. Um, you know, now we got to get a quarterback and get the ball consistently. But I think he's going to be an absolute stud. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and especially, too, if you think about some of the guys that um, people wanted over him or um, we were kind of projected to take, the Drake London, the Traylon Burks, um, those two have been kind of disappointing. Now, Olave and Wilson, they, they've they been the real deal. They've been really good. They've, they, I think both of them got close to 1,000 yards. But uh, Drake London and, and Burks have uh, really struggled in their rookie year. Not to say they can't have a good sophomore season, but they didn't, uh, they didn't look like much uh, in their first year. I think I think uh, Burks has turned it on a little bit. They, their quarterback situation is not great. No. Um, Olave, I think, looks like the best of the class. Yeah. Mm, uh, the guy with the Jets, Wilson, looks like a Wilson. real. He's good. <laughs> he's good yeah. too. Yeah. No, he's good. They're they're good. Of those three, I would put Jahan Dotson third of Olave yeah. and Wilson, just because I think you know I, I like what they do. But Dotson is really good. Um, I think the the other guy that and I was really soapboxing for Kyle Hamilton, uh, not the correct guy, <laughs> not the correct guy there. So um, Dotson was good. Dotson was a good pick. I'm happy we made the pick. Um, could we have used it on a lineman more? Oh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Could we have used that second round pick on a lineman? We should have. But yeah. you know, hey. All's well that I guess ends eight and eight and one, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> eight, eight and one. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. All right. So listen, uh, everybody who listens to our content, we are going to have so much offseason content where we're going to really get into the evaluation of what this team did, um, you know, their players, uh, the coaching, everything. So make sure that you are subscribed over the winter and over the summer, over the spring. Until next football season, every week we are going to hit you with something that is going to teach you something you didn't know about this team. And, uh, you know, go back and listen to our old declassified episodes. We get into it, man. We got a lot of details, a lot of information. We'll bring guests on over the summer, over the winter to talk to you about the season. We got a lot of connections. We don't always use them because we like to talk about the things that we prepare for. But we got a lot of connections that we're going to use to bring some folks on here. Make sure you subscribe, share this podcast with someone else. And uh, we appreciate you, Byron. Any final thoughts on the 2022-2023 uh, season? Uh, the 2022 season uh, was a disappointment, but that's all right because my favorite portion of this offseason, draft evaluations, interviews, uh, deep dives into players, offenses, coaches, all of that is coming up. And we've got some DraftKings news uh, coming Tuesday, so stay tuned for that. We've got some, uh, we've got some news, too. That's right. And the team's getting sold, y'all, so can't That's forget right. about that, right? <laughs> it's don't, getting don't, sold. Don't forget that blessing. But um, all right, have a terrific week. Uh, our offseason program starts Tuesday, guys. You are not going to want to miss it. It's what we do best. We got all season info details coming right at you. So um, enjoy it. Have a good week with your fam. And we will, it might not come out till Wednesday, but sometime around the middle of the week, man, check for us because we got some really cool stuff coming out. Uh, check you later. Make sure you subscribe. Peace. See you.